Double XL's the breakers for all you aspiring rappers who need a little help getting on. This is the place to get all the info on how to make it in hip-hop from some of the biggest and most experienced names in the game, like me, your dope boy, Troy Ave. Pay attention and special guests drop knowledge to help you become a star. This is Double XL's The Break Podcast. What's up, what's up? This is Vanessa Satin from Double XL. I'm uh, sitting here with Miranda here for our second podcast. Um, you know, the first episode we did with uh, was Building Your Identity. That was for XXL's The Break. Um, and we got a lot of good feedback on that. So um, there we had Wale, Mike Karen, Joey Badass give us some interviews about what rappers should uh, do to build their identity. Uh, this episode, uh, we're focusing on what to focus on. So this is basically you're a new artist. You've decided to... Uh, that you want to be a, a, a rap star, maybe, and you are learning how to build your identity and now kind of figuring out, well, what should you focus on? Should you focus on recording? Should you focus on getting photo shoots and buying Gucci belts? <laughs> should you focus on um, going on tour, making videos? Uh, not just really what you spend your money on, but what you put your energy towards. Mm-hmm. Uh, for this episode, who did we speak to, Miranda? We got... Yes, we spoke to Jay Grand. Um, Jay Grand, Senior Vice President of A&R at RCA Records. Yes. And then we spoke with ASAP Rocky, um, as well as Vic Mensa. Right. So um, Vic Mensa, XXL Freshman, ASAP Rocky, All Is Love. Mm-hmm. Um, and they give us some information on, on what they did early to focus on in their careers before they got where they're at. Right. So I guess we're going to start off with, with Jay Grand. Jay Grand is definitely a, a wealth of information, sort of definitely like Mike Karen in our last uh, sure. podcast. So uh, Jay Grand gives us a whole bunch of information uh, beyond just what to focus on. But, you know, and I think we actually talk to him again for another episode coming down uh, the pike in a few weeks. But right now, Jay Grant's going to give a little information on, on what he looks for with a new artist, what they're focusing on, what they pay attention to, and kind of what impresses him. Mm-hmm. It's very important because it kind of tells, you know, what um, what the label's what the label is looking at early on, like where, you know, the label is going to look to, you know, what things you have to do to kind of catch the label's eye. So drop some gems for us. What's up, everybody? Jay Grand, RCA Records, Senior Vice President, A&R, and Marketing. Pleasure to speak to everybody today. Vanessa, uh, what do we call this podcast? Is this your podcast? Is this funny, the we're, XXL we're, podcast? Like, the what? XXL podcast for right now. We've been calling Dine to come out and blow up <laughs> just for fun. Um, but we haven't figured all that out yet. We're still working on that. We're getting you know, our different episodes together. Got but it. what I wanted to talk to you about was you're, I believe, the first label rep we spoke to, and I wanted to know from your perspective and just from your expertise of everything you've done in the past, what should these new kids be focused on? You're a new artist, you just, uh, and a new, I mean very, very new, your next door neighbor, you're, you know, is rapping, that kind of thing, but you've decided as a new artist, whether you're in New York or Tupelo, Mississippi, or wherever you are, that you want to be a rapper. What's the first thing these kids you think should be focusing on? Uh, being unique and doing what's true to you. Uh, I think a lot of artists make mistakes, you know, hearing something and being like, wow, I can do that, or just following a trend or whatever it may be, especially um, more now so than ever, I think, with the um, the ability to get your own music out there. You know, do you. Do your own thing. And if doing you means sounding like someone else, that's n- there's nothing wrong with that, too, so long as you own it. And, you know, you happen to do it like, you know, the Drew kid sounds like Nas. Like, 
you know, hey, that's cool, so fine, so own that. Like, I wouldn't change right, my voice to, but otherwise, you know, do what's true to you as an artist and, and what you feel. Now, that's uh, something you brought up. So back in the day, Shine had problems sounding like Biggie. Uh, fast forward 110 years, ASAP Rocky doesn't have the same problem sounding like he's from Houston. Uh, so it seems like there does make sense that this now, it's not mimicking, but sounding like someone is looked at more like flattering, being more flattering than it is being uh, negative like it used to be, no? Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I think there's some chameleons out there. I don't want to say any names, but there are artists that I personally laugh at when they change their style four times in six years to mimic, you know, whatever the current wave is. I'd be embarrassed if I was doing that as an artist, but fortunately I don't record, so. All right, so you're a new artist. How much and how important do you think it is to get in touch with someone like you if you're a new artist? It, depend, it really depends what your goals are. There, there are some people that really just want to make music for themselves and be happy or their friends or whatever it may be and aren't looking to, you know, tour the world and sell millions of records and be famous and, you know, have the world hear your music. Some people are happy, you know, in their little hometown doing their thing. Like, that's that's reality. I had a crazy conversation with a signed artist the other day that, he was talking about, like, you know, I do this, you know, kind of just because, like, I'm happy. I don't care about making money. I don't care whether everyone hears these records. Like, the most important thing to me is that it's true to what I want to do and that it's 100%, you know, by my doing that until it's perfect, I don't want it out there. Right. Uh, I would tell most artists as well, it's very hard to be, <laughs> to be perfect. So, and and I appreciate perfectionism, but that's a very hard thing to do when it comes to music because I feel like uh, most people they hear something and then you'll find something new or want to change something, and you know you you may never get to that place you want to be. Um, I think something that really interesting that you just said, which we haven't really touched on too much, is deciding what kind of artist you're going to be on. Do you want to be a superstar? Do you want to kind of we you know we call it the blue collar rapper who you know, lives, in, it's not really a nine-to-five, but goes to their work, does their shows, puts out, you know, their certain tapes that are fine with their level of success that they can survive on and then take care of their family. You know, I think that's interesting. Do you think most artists go in saying, I want to be a huge star, uh, or do you think they don't even plan that going in and how important it is, how important is it to visualize that from the start? Uh, I don't know that you need to be set one way or the other, and I think it depends on the person's personality. I've watched some, let's say, meek personalities end up being, you know, megastars. And I've seen some big personalities choose not to even be megastars or to kind of sh shy away from the limelight. Um, I I don't think there's a set formula there at all. Do you think that that's something you kind of fall into along the way? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, and it depends on how hard you want to go for it, too. It, it all takes work. So well, you're not you're not going to get there unless unless you're working for it. What do you think of some of the are some of the the wrong moves artists make very early going in? Uh, spamming A and R's Twitter timelines with ridiculous things that you say to thirty people in a row. If I click on it for fun and I see you just hit twenty nine other people saying the exact same thing, I get a kick out of that. Yeah. Um, but I mean, people people should get that at this point. Be different. Like I'll actually go through my Twitter timeline every once in a while. And if I see somebody doing something funny, different, unique, attention-grabbing, specific to me, you know, those are always, you know, things that will 
get you popped up a little bit as opposed to doing what everyone else is doing or just mass volume, please. How how much how important is do you think to define who you are musically or your sound as an artist early on? Do you think that's possible, or do you think that's something you also kind of stumble into? I mean, how much confidence should you have in the very beginning? I think it depends on your level of musicianship and what you're actually doing. I think if you you know you play something or you play a few instruments and you know you may be a little bit more focused than somebody who is just a singer or a writer or a rapper or whatever it may be. I don't think there's any problem with, you know, changing your style and adjusting your style as you're learning your craft. I think it's harder once you're established and people start to get to know who you are to to switch up because unless you've got, you know, a reason for doing it. Then that's when they might give you the hard time about switching up your style or your sound or trying to change who you are, right? Yeah, completely. Yeah. So what um, if you're a new artist and what do you think that is the best thing kind of to spend your money on early on? You know, um, a lot of guys want to get publicists. A lot of guys want to, you know, spend money on big video budgets, on bringing all their boys around because, you know, it gives them a crew and shows that they have, you know, a lot of people that are supporting them. What do you think is, is a focus for money when you're an early artist and what do you think you don't need? I think it depends on the artist. I think if you're a visual artist, you need videos. I think most artists these days should be visual artists. Like, I think it's really cool what Licky Lee did. Like, she's actually on the label, um, but you know, the mask that she's actually not wearing, um, she'll tell you she's not wearing a mask. Like, mm-hmm. that's her thing, and she needs the visuals to, or that's a part of her thing, and she needs the visuals to, you know, portray that. Right. Um, and I think shooting cool videos, not just about her specifically in general, is always a, a great idea. Like you know, it's a, we're in a, it's a visual medium now, so you need to have something cool visually to potentially pop up what you're doing musically. Like it, it's definitely that would be my number one pick in terms of things I would spend time on, not even necessarily money. Like do a great creative video. Right. right. Plural. Conversation pieces. Yeah, I think it's it. I mean, most people aren't out making like I spend a ton of money mixing and mixing my records and getting them right. Like I, I'm I'm an audiophile for those things. But when you're just starting, like that's probably not where you're at. You're probably not taking your records to you know to power in New York, power in LA, hot in New York, and you know expecting to get a needle drop. Like you're, it's going to take you some time before you need to get to that level. Right. So how much are people paying attention to the perfection of your music at that point? Or are they giving you, when you get a new artist that comes up there, how much are you saying, okay, I understand he's going to grow into this or she's going to grow into this, or they should be at this point already? Um, for singers, I think it's more important to have a, a slightly better uh, mix on your records and some more polished rap. I think it could go you know, whatever way it happens to come out for the most part. But singers, you don't want to hear low-quality demos, and you don't want to hear poorly mixed records. Um, I think it's hard to poke through, but um, that doesn't mean go out and spend five grand getting your record mixed for your demo. You know. Where do you find, as or where does you and your label think that they find the most artists? Where do you think you, or you and your searches, where do you discover the most artists? Is it SoundCloud? Is it people sending you stuff and reaching out to you? Is it you reaching out? Do you have favorite sites? How do you find a new artist? Uh, I'm probably the broadest amalgamator out there, I guess. I, I take no it from everywhere, personally. That means websites, Twitter, 
Vine, blogs, radio, YouTube, um, straight stats, uh, meaning like digital stats. Uh, I'm I'm all over the place. I I don't. And are you looking for a finished project, or are you looking for one song? No, I'm cool with the song. Like I think it's hard. If somebody has a finished project, that's amazing. But um, I, I not even necessarily a song, just talent. So if I can hear talent in a record, you know, if I hear somebody that you know can rap like King Los, then I'm going to pay attention. If right. I hear somebody that's doing something different, there's an act I'm looking at now that's doing something different, um, and it's still rap. And you would think, oh man, you know, that's kind of a hard thing to do at this point. It's not. Like they flipped it. So, right. you know, just be different. But at this point, I mean, so you see kids and they'll put out tape after tape after tape of new material that might fall on deaf ears if it's not making those connections. Do you think that they should continue to do that kind of stuff or really let's find that one song? Are we in a day and age where it is about that one song? You know, how much of it is that Bobby Schmurter moment versus, you know, the new artist who's got that really, really dope project uh, through and through from top to bottom with all the credibility in the world on it but no song that can get you on the chart? Uh, it can go both ways. I mean, you know, we've got signings that are coming up that have gone the route of, you know, just, you know, being consistent with their material and making cohesive projects. And, you know, we've got things on the other side that are just, you know, the of-the-moment record maybe or not a not a one-and-done sort of mentality, but, you know, they've captured a moment with a particular record or a particular video. I don't think there's a right or wrong way. I think if you've done five or six tapes and, you know, you're not getting anywhere, it may be time to reevaluate something. Right, right, right. Anything else you could think of offhand you want to add about, you know, something new artists should focus be, on? Be, I know everyone says it, be different. It's so it's so real because if you're – nobody's looking for stuff that everyone else is doing. Right. You know, and you could fall into it. You may still succeed doing what other people are doing. But be different, and then also it's it's it always helps to have people who are in the industry who know what they're doing, whether it's a lawyer, somebody that works at a label, uh, somebody who's just been successful, somebody that works at a website. It just having some sort of connection can definitely help, and being in the mix and and making friends, even if it's an yeah. intern. Right, right. You know, I know people we've well, signed that our interns have have liked, so it's it's happened. Funny. It seems like. Uh, also, another part is if you do happen to know someone, listening to them and not assuming you know everything kind of helps sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. No. That seems like everybody knows everything already. You know, you can't really tell them anything. Uh, when you – you better be really special if you've got somebody that already figured it all out. I mean, I have <laughs> I have, I have, have a fun story that I would tell another day, the short person, just somebody who was just borderline insane in my office who I was looking at a few years ago who – did some ridiculous things in my office, <laughs> and and that was a wrap. So and he's still unsigned three years later. So I was probably right. Well, yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting is that you never know who you're going to cross paths with, and that person you cross paths with, who else they speak to. You know, we've been around artists before who wanted to be freshmen or you know wanted different opportunities and things, and then we would hook them up with people on how they handled that connect kind of was a reflection of how they handle other things, you know? Jerry, so, a, a different artist, the same thing. I had somebody set up a meeting for an artist, and that artist came in and 20 minutes later was saying how they didn't want anything to do with the artist that had set up that meeting. Right. And it was an artist of caliber who had set up the meeting, so that was another 
okay, well, you're not going to be great to work with, so right. best of luck. All right, so that was Jay Graham. One thing to clear up is early on we called this uh, podcast as a joke kind of dying to come out and blow up, mm-hmm. um, you know, so I think we still kind of call that a little bit, and that's kind of a, a throwback to DWE. Shout out Leah Rose, who I'm sure is not listening to this, but... You know, a little joke between us from back in old school XXL days. Anyway, so dying to come out and blow up. Um, I think that, first of all, I think Jay Grant's fascinating, and you could definitely tell that he's a a serious music fan. And um, one takeaway, if I was a new artist from his interview, is he's listening to everywhere. He's he's going everywhere. He's on SoundCloud. He's on Twitter. He's on sites I've never heard of, you know, so to know that the labels are paying attention to all those little outlets or maybe not even little, but all those different outlets that people can get themselves out, you know, it should be heard that the labels are listening to that, that there mm-hmm. are big dogs, not just interns, big dogs sitting up there that are paying attention to those outlets. And I, we got the same thing with Mike, uh, Karen. So I think that that was an interesting takeaway to know that, you know, they're grinding just as much as the new artist is grinding. The label person, you know, the label rep is grinding to try and find that new artist. They want to find them, which was, you know, I guess we knew that, but we didn't know to the degree that they're really kind of searching for that artist and digging them up. The the thing I liked about what he said was like, you know, being out there on the hunt was that the majority of the outlets that he mentioned were online outlets well they're free outlets the tools are out there you can figure them out and not every tool is going to work for everyone so where someone twitter works for them and maybe jay grand or whoever it is we have rigs later you know um gets it through gets to an artist through twitter they might get through one through soundcloud that the artist should be trying everything because they don't know what chance they're going to be discovered you know Mm -hmm. i guess so what do you focus on you focus on what outlets are you the best at that you the best at working you know you can't do them all maybe you can but you can't do them all great so which ones do you kind of focus on do you build your soundcloud up do you build your youtube up do you you know um uh, take to twitter on like a banshee you know and, and go nuts on there you know and and do you use things that are new that you know technology that 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 is you know if people are stumbling on it and finding artists through that way then the artist should use it trying to be heard that way you know right. Um, another thing he said, which mimicked what Wale said last week, is discovering what kind of artist you are. You know, how do you figure out what you're going to focus on without figuring out what kind of artist you are first? And that goes into building your identity. Are you a blue collar rapper? Are you doing it for the success? Are you doing it for survival? Are you doing it to make money? Are you doing it to be true to yourself and get your art out there? But defining that, which is kind of building your identity, is going to help you to figure out next on what's, what's important, what's your next step. And I think that was... Um, you know, kind of maybe it's obvious at this point if, if Wale and Jay Grant are both saying it to it, it's obvious. But still, stop and think about that is what's your vision for yourself, not just tomorrow, but down the road. And and that kind of will make the steps for you, you know? Mm-hmm. And he also was just saying how, like, you know, it's hard to be perfect. Like, artists come out and they want to be these perfect creatures. Um, I loved Early what, on. Yeah, I loved what he said about, you know, it's, it's hard to be perfect. Kind of like, you know, being you and accepting your flaws like you know what I mean well and then he said it's okay to switch up your style early on yeah so you know maybe it's a little bit down the road when you're already established and everyone knows who you are you play around all you know Kanye 808s you know it it was creative but early on it's okay to switch up your style and learn who you are and and define yourself more Mm -hmm. and what do you focus on maybe it's your sound you know and, and finding out which is right for you which one connects with your audience the most you know um but also videos, how, how important videos are. Right, yeah. You know, and we're watching everything online these days. We know that. So, you know, sometimes you might not think a, a music video is worth it if it doesn't have all the views. You know, or it doesn't, it isn't, 
viral or whatever, you know, but but then if somebody wants to find you and you've got a whole bunch of videos to look through, I guess it gives you a, a pretty much a catalog early on, you know? Right. It, that's funny because he even said he was like, out of all the things kind of, you know, needed to kickstart your career, um, you know, visual is like almost number one of the things that, you know, you should check off the list first. So. Right. That and what everybody said to us and I think will be a running theme from more people we talk to, interviews we've done that we, we uh, haven't aired in pre, uh, future episodes is be different. But, and I think that's easier said than done, but it is the same theme over and over is be different. Something in hip hop that a lot of people like to do is if this worked for somebody, let's go do it. Yeah. This worked for Beyonce or this worked for J. Cole. Let's already throw, let's all throw our albums out as a surprise or everybody signed to Young Money, everybody signed to Violator back in the day. Let's go do what everybody's doing. Mm. And I mean, it seems obvious and it seems like, I don't even know, but obvious seems simple, but be different, like get somebody's attention, you know, not to bring it back to freshmen, but in a lot of ways, that's what gets our attention for freshmen is what are you doing differently than everybody else? Even yep. though sometimes doing the same thing might get you to a better place, playing around and trying different things of, uh, could help you and you never know what you stumble into, you know? Mm-hmm. For sure. All right, so the next one on deck that we have is ASAP Rocky. So we uh, we caught up with ASAP Rocky, just dropped a new album is... You know, a rap superstar from Harlem, which is great that we have a new one since the diplomats. Um, and he was not so confident in giving out advice, I think, here. He didn't really want to give advice, just mm-hmm. kind of wanted to say what he's done and how it worked for him. But that becomes advice in itself, right? Right. All right. So let's check out what ASAP Rocky has to say about what to focus on or what did he focus on in order to get where he's at early on. So you're a new artist. You're from New York at the time. What do you do or how, what can you do? in order, it's a city that's got a lot of people from it that are trying to get on, not an obscure city. How do you get yourself heard? What do you think is the most important thing to get to the music DJs? Who do you think are the important connections if you're a new artist in New York where? I think you should make music and put it out there into the universe. And if it's good, opportunity will come knocking. Simple as that. I really, you know, I don't, I'm like, sweet, I don't have the answers. <laughs> you don't have the answers, but you have your own, What you know what you did. Yeah, so that's all I can do is just give it to you from my point of view and the way I experienced it. You know, I think, I think it's one of those things where I, it was praying in a lot of work. It took a lot of hard work, and before you knew it, you know, God answered and opportunity came knocking. Do you think people are prepared for how much hard work it was? Do you think you were prepared for how much hard work it's been? No, nah, I wasn't prepared, but I, you know, I adjusted. I'm, I adjusted quick. You adjusted quick. Yeah, you had to. How the people around you are forcing you to adjust by watching everything that's going on? Nah, you as an individual. See, this has to do with you being secure and. And knowing you as an individual first, you gotta, you know, you just gotta be you, and you gotta go from there. So it's all about your confidence. For me, I guess I don't know. I don't really observe my inner or my subconscious or my my actions, and like I don't really digest it like that, like or dissect it like that. What have been your biggest hurdles along your path for your career? Would you say? 
adjusting to like not smacking the shit out of people and shit like that and, and, and not like, you know, getting in trouble no more, getting sued. Like, you know, the funnest part of, about being in my position, I don't have to act tough. I don't gotta be no tough guy, none of that shit. Like, I could just chill, be cool, and it's cool, you know? All that. I feel like people who are from in, in different predicaments, they gotta do it by default. Half, pe- half of the people who sell drugs, they hate selling drugs. Mm-hmm. They probably would be doing something way better with their time if they could. They just don't got the opportunity. You know, so for me, it's a mental thing getting out of one environment, going into another. You just got to adjust with the with the, with the the atmosphere and the habitat. And I, I first got on, you know, y'all remember reading about articles about us wilding and stuff. You, when the last time you heard about me going to jail? I, I, I have no, I damn near don't even fit the, typical rapper stereotype. I ain't got no baby mamas. I got one ear pissed. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you ain't hear about me doing, you know, thank God, nothing with bad credit and all this other shit. And, you know what I mean? It's just my forte ain't what these other niggas is doing. Like, you know, at the end of the day, I can't really, if unless somebody's like me, it worked for me. It's different strokes for different folks. So, I mean, I could tell you how it worked for me, but I can't necessarily promise that's going to work for any of these young artists. What I can tell them is do their own thing. Do your thing. Believe in you. And if you're dope, the universe is going to come knocking, man. I'm telling you, opportunity is going to come knocking. Other than that, like, I can't tell motherfuckers how to do it, you know. I'm figuring out life myself, and I'm just comfortable with knowing if I fail, you know. Failure is a, it's it's inevitable at at some point you gotta fail, and that's what dictates what type of person you are is how you deal with you know failing or demise or you know falling. So it's about how you get back up. So I can't really I can't I can't tell these kids what to do, man. I'm not no role model, man. I just lead by example. I do what I do, you know, but. I think it's interesting. One thing is that, you know, we meet with a lot of new artists and there is no path. There is no do this, 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 and it will get you here. It's a series of things wherever it will take you and who knows where it takes you. It's That's kind of how it plays out. do whatever for attention today, right? Mm-hmm. So you got these Snapchats and Vines and Instagrams and people that just, these are platforms for people to act a fool for attention. So be it. Play on. Harlem. All right, so um, we we have uh, some good stuff from ASAP Rocky, who definitely, as you see, you know, didn't want to act like he was giving too much advice. He wanted to talk from experience, but I respect that because um, I think, you know, one of the main things he did say is there's no exact path, you know, and however he got there was his way. And I think that's something that we see time and time again is there is no path. We could listen to this whole podcast Whoever it is could listen to every episode of this and and none of this might help them or it might because there is no real rhyme or reason. Maybe with and with you know, with athletes you have to be really good. You have to go and make certain moves and meet certain people. I mean, it just seems like the wild west in hip hop right. that you could follow all of these rules, you could go be different and get out of your city and do this and do this, but that there is no exact way and however he stumbled into it was just by chance, you know, by by whatever grind that he did and it actually worked. Mm -hmm. I did like what he said about um, 
just kind of being able to adjust to different environments. Like later in the interview, he had mentioned that, um, you know, we don't see him anymore getting arrested or blah, blah, blah. I love how he said how he's now kind of learning to adjust to different environments. Because so many times rappers will come up to Double XL and, you know, it's more of like, you know, we're more of a, a hip hop outlet. So we're a little more lenient. But along with that, in our office, there are corporate people and they'll be up in here loud and ratchet and, you know, not saying, you know, do your thing. But um it's just better when you have an artist who can be loud and ratchet at a show or have be a vibrant personality but still know how to act when they come into the office. Well, that's the business side of things, just yeah. learning the business sides, which, which which often takes time, you know, but mm-hmm. some guys get it uh, off bat. But I think, you know, he's saying that there are adjustments, so get used to it, right. meaning that however you, you know, however you live your life now and whatever you're doing now, um, it's not always going to be that way. This is, you know, you're going to have adjustments in your camp. This dude's not going to fly. You're going to have adjustments in your deal. You're going to have adjustments in the way you do your live show. You're going to have adjustments in your living situation. You know, and, and we go through those adjustments without as, without being a celebrity, no matter you're doing it when you are a celebrity. Or you just, you can't be stuck in one position. And I think he learned that along the way is just who you are and, and everything that you re- represent is cool, but be prepared for some kind of change and you got to go with those changes. Mm. You can't just stay exactly who you are in one place. You've got to grow and sometimes you're into a, forced into an adjustment or forced into a change, but you still have to, you know, kind of take part of it. I also thought it was interesting that he hesitated, I'm not a role model. That's so, you know, old school Charles Barkley, right? <laughs> you know, I'm not a role model, but, you know, I guess I kind of disagree because he's not a role model, but celebrities are so important at this point that we're talking to him about his experience that there is an element of a role model and I don't know if that's important for an artist to think of right now but the more and more success you get the more and more you are recognized not just on the street but for the moves you make it comes along with it it comes along with it mm-hmm. so that's the that's the old argument are you a role model or you're not because you're a celebrity I mean I guess it's how much you take it seriously you know or how you, how you take to it you know mm-hmm. but um but it seemed like you know, Rocky was relatively surprised by, you know, where he is right now, by the journey, you know, that he wouldn't predict that he would end up here right Right. now where he is. And that's probably part of this whole thing is when you're on one side of it, that doesn't necessarily mean, or you're in one position, it doesn't necessarily mean things are going to end up exactly where you think they're going to. They might even be better or might be worse, but it's so unpredictable, you know? That's the biggest takeaway, I think, is that there it's, it's so unpredictable of what's going to happen, you know? Because mm-hmm. it's just kind of like, you know, sometimes, like you said, it's the luck of the draw. Like, from the outside looking in, it's like, oh, you're successful, so you know all the right tools to get there. But in reality, you're just kind of like, oh, shit. Like, you know. And it's also release your music. Like you said, get your music out there. Make it as good as it can be and get it out there. Mm-hmm. You know, that's essential is... is you want to know what to focus on. Well, focus on making this shit as hot as it could be so people want to hear right. more of it. That seems simple enough, but, yeah, you know, there's there's a lot of different elements. You have to figure out, well, you're already doing that, but why isn't it working? Mm-hmm. You know, or am I not doing that? I have everything else together, but I really have to get, you know, my chops together as far as my releases or I'm not paying attention to details or, you know, I know you, I could be working with better producers or that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That's why all, a lot of the rappers, like when their music isn't as strong, they tend to rely on like you know the social networks, like the Snapchat. The personality, yeah, the yeah. Snapchats and the Vines. That only take that could take you. You know, I mean, I guess that can take you to a certain level. We have to right. see where it is, though. But I don't know if that gives you the credibility that you want it to give you. You know, mm-hmm. and more makes you a reality star versus a like you know a, a Grammy 
award-winning artists. You know what I mean? Right, 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 right. And 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 because reality stars are so new, we still don't know what happens to the old reality star ten right. years after they retire and how do they age or have money. You know, mm-hmm. and that goes back to what's your goal? What do you focus on? You know, um, what what do you want to be? And you know, do you want to be that artist that gets uh, credibility for the lyrical talent? You want to be that artist that's rich by any means and it doesn't matter. You'll change your art. You'll change what you do for the check. Do you want to be the guy that at the end of the day, you know, never had the ghostwriter and did everything of his own art and, and, and never had anybody put any input in? You know, it's all those different things. I mean, it's really kind of staying true to yourself. And I think that changes. That goal changes. Mm-hmm. It can change along the way. Most definitely. All right. So for this, this last interview, we have um, Vic Mensa. Big Vic Mensa came up and uh, and talked way more than we thought he would, which was great, and gave us a little insight. Vic is uh, gearing up for a project at some point. I don't know. I haven't heard the date of his album, or if I, I don't remember offhand. But there will be a Vic Mensa project coming out, and he uh, was one of our, our our freshmen from a few years ago that we've been really happy with to see his success. So let's see what Vic Mensa has to say about what you focus on. So, you know, I tell people when I, when I meet him, that uh, it's not enough to work hard, you know? It's not enough to spend every day in the studio doing nothing different from the kid in the studio across the hall from you, you know? You can, you can do that and you can burn off steam and go nowhere. I always try to tell kids, like, you know, there's a couple of the most important things that you can do are, um, you know, try to do something different than the next person as well as you know being yourself trying to be as as truthful to yourself as you can i had a a friend of mine gave me like i think what's been some of like the best advice to me um just as as a writer um which is that uh i was trying to decide between like two lines in like a song we were writing and he was like he was like a country a country music artist had told him this try to tell as much truth as possible you know like if if you can if if you are trying to decide like how, how you're trying to come what you want to say the the most truthful way to go i think it is the best way to go and um and i also tell kids like yo like don't don't just be fucking sitting around making like 17 track mixtapes and like just like dropping them on your Twitter and then going on to the next one, like shoot a music video. You know, music videos are like they're our biggest, um, or or definitely one of our biggest um, assets. You know, as as independent artists and and signed artists, major everything. Um, you know, it, it's about it's about innovation and it's about just making the right critical steps. You know, I try to tell kids like make a dope music video, think about it, try to find the right person, do something interesting. Because that's how you're going to catch people's eye. Um, is it important to get familiar with your local radio? Is radio important for new artists? Is it important to get, you know, affiliated with the the, uh, the hip-hop scene in your city? Or is that not as important? Um, here's the shit we did. Um, we used to take our tapes in high school and we'll hop on Twitter and we would uh we would tell the different high schools like yo whoever retweets the most or tweets at us the most from Lincoln Park High School between Lane Tech High School you know we're coming to the school at this time on this day um 
And we would go, and we'd go to these schools, and we would go with our squad. We would have mad fucking CDs, and we would be selling them to kids. We'd be giving away posters, taking pictures, signing autographs. This is before all of this type of shit. This is when I was, like, 17, you know? We were in the hallways at school yelling, like, selling our shit. I w- we used to be out on the street in Chicago illegally, like, wheat-pasting posters onto the walls. Like, we got a show, or we just dropped a song. Like I remember, I put I I made a poster when my band made it when my band dropped a song and I put that poster like all over. We were like ducking cops and I'm not telling kids you got to do that, but you know we were posting the shit, putting it up physically. It had the little uh, the the barcode thing you could scan on your phone and just um, be creative. Yeah, you know, be creative and also just just make it's it's about exposure, you know what I'm saying? It's like the same way. It's just that at this point in time we have so many um so many resources at our disposal because of the day and age we live in that it's like you got to approach what you're doing like like Sprite approaches a marketing campaign, you know? And they go to to an advertisement agency to try and get as many exposures as they can. It's like you can do that on your own level. You know, if you just think about where you are, what you got popping in your city. If you know that there's there's a show going on, you know, then then maybe it's a good idea for you to go buy that show and put up some of your posters for your shit. Even if you you're know? not performing. Even if you're not performing. Like we used to put posters up the whole fucking street. Like we would staple the posters together and put them up every pole on the street because we were like opening for the show. Right. But we like, if anybody comes to the show, they finna see that we're here. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's just, it's just wanting that shit. If you, if you want it and you think about it and you, and, and you work, you put in those hours, it's possible. It's like studies show that niggas ain't born with Mozart talent, you know? It's, it's something that, that not anybody, but pretty much everybody can, can attain by trying hard enough, you know, and, and working smart. That's what I tell niggas, work smart. So you've now been working with Kanye. You're both from Chicago. Is there important to you to connect with people from Chicago, or that's kind of more coincidental? You're both from there. It's more about a musical collaboration. I don't find any of like the major things that happen in my life to be coincidental, really. Um, you know, I'm just kind of like a believer in things happening for a reason. Um, so you know, the fact that that Ye from Chicago and I'm from Chicago, it's not just like a side note. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's like my big homies, their big homie, is Kanye Camp. You know, right. so. I'm kind of just like a generation down from right, them right. and kind of, you know, cut from that same cloth. And, um, but it's awesome though, but it's definitely so there's like... So there's, there's a value to respecting the people that came before you within your city? For sure. I think it's, get... I think it's, it's important too. That's, that's another thing, you know, about owning your city. It's important to, um, you know, to, to make relationships um, with the, the people that that tastes make in your city, you right. know? And, um, it, you know, not everybody's that social of a person. I just happen to be a social person. And so it, it was never, like, a conscious decision to me, like, I'm going to go try to get in with this guy who owns this store. Like, I was just a kid that, 
that was my thing. I just like to get fresh. So I was always hanging out at the boutique sneaker stores and shit. And I was just really cool with the owners of all of them because I was a little homie and I was just always hanging out and rapping and getting fresh. And uh, it's just, it's important to like to lock into those people because at this point now, some of those same dudes that that I remember would let me skip the line coming into leaders on the south side of Chicago when it's cold outside when I was 15 years old. Now them same niggas is working with, uh, you know, people like Emery from Rock Nation. Um, and the fact that that's my big bro, it's like, it's, it, it's a great connection. It's good to like seek out the people that can, that are making impact, you know, in your city, not just in rap, but you know, in, in anything that interests you, like seek out those people and like try and pick up that game because the more relationships you got, the more people that fuck with you, like the, the more looks you could get thrown. Perfect. Anything else you want to add? Because that was perfect. Get you some money, my nigga. No, I don't know. Um, yeah, and save money, too. Definitely save your money. A lot of these dudes, like, you know, be out here thirsty. Like, get a little check and just fuck it off on some dumb shit. Like, I got save money tatted on my arm. And it's not because I'm penny pinching. It's because you got to look at the bigger picture, you know? Like, maybe... Yo, when I was, when I was uh, when I was making like the internet tape and stuff that got me like on the double XL cover, um, I didn't really have no money because I was spending all my money on studio time. Like when I was a kid, when I was like fifteen years old, I was buying Mad Jordans and shit like that because I was I was hustling and doing my thing and figuring it out, and that's what I was spending my money on. I was mad fresh when I was doing the internet shit. I was looking bummy as shit on a daily basis, and it's just because I, w- I was like, fuck all that other shit. Like, you know what I mean? Buying clothes and shit is not going to get me anywhere, you know? I invested in myself, so it's like, you got you to gotta watch what the fuck you do with your money, because they don't teach us how to hold money. They give us payday loan storefronts and tell you, like, go spend your shit on a fucking watch. It's like you need to like take a step back, invest in yourself. Yeah. All right. So my biggest takeaway from that Vic Mensa interview is how important he thinks it is to pay attention to promotion, promotion and marketing. Yes. You know, and early on, before he was freshman, before he linked with Kanye, before he linked with Rock Nation, you know, before he kind of is at the position he's in now, uh, how much in Chicago he paid attention to getting his name out there almost, I don't know if it's more than his music, I don't want to say that, but definitely as much, was to get the name out there, get the crew's name, presence, visuals. I mean, um, off bat, how essential he thinks it is to shooting music videos. That's that's one of the, the biggest assets that we have today to be seen, you know, and embraced, and everybody knows who you are as a music video, which I think we saw a lot of examples that even with, you know, OG Mako's, uh, now all of a sudden I lost the song, but, each, you know, with OG Mako and his videos. Oh, yeah. You mm-hmm. know, it's... Um, it's it's essential to kind of use that visual, not just the way you sound, but the way you look and, and, and what we see and get those videos out there. That's That was a surprise. I didn't think that that was so important to him early on. For sure. Um, and the crazy, even with like a video like Trap Queen, I feel like the Trap Queen video kind of almost started that craze in a way. Like, you know, the song was great, yeah. but seeing 
how like you know when we first got introduced to that song we watched the video you know what i mean so it's very 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 essential to focus on that video you know primarily that comes back to you know that we have so many different resources at our disposal because of technology Mm -hmm. you know that from making the video that you know you don't have to spend a fortune like you used to to flyers and and he was mentioning you know one thing uh, really cool was Vic said hey there's an artist that's going to be performing well we should get over there and put our flyers up and put our flyers out you know and wheat paste I mean I haven't heard about wheat pasting posters in a (laughs) hundred years you know but what you had to do to kind of get out there and if I'm online somewhere going to be looking around going to be looking around to what's going on what not just the next show is but you know when you go to an event in the city and you see a street team out there in full force at some point you got to acknowledge who that is and what's out there in full force and and see should i be paying attention to this you know and that says the journalist now the fans should be sitting there saying i see this all over the place maybe i should be paying attention to this so it seems like that marketing and promo early on is essential these days especially with all the different outlets and it costs nothing to go and print a t-shirt these days mm-hmm. or a thousand t-shirts everybody wants to make your custom t-shirt your custom bandana your custom this your custom that but at the same time should you be spending money on all that that's the balance of you know um making sure that your music is good and, and making sure are these kind of different marketing tools worth it for you based on your city based on the environment are you not even that shows enough for people to want to recognize you like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I love that because nowadays it seems like rappers are just too almost bougie in a sense to go to different shows and wheat post, like, you know, wheat paste their posters. Or well, rappers are superstars with one yeah, song that nobody's heard because they have a song. And that's like, that's not even cool. Like, you know, getting out there and putting your stuff at another show is only going to benefit you. You know what I mean? Take the, 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 the two down a bit you know what i mean don't act so bougie don't be afraid to get out there and really promote your stuff because in the end it's only going to benefit you you know yeah um vic also i think it's important to make relationships with the tastemakers in your city you know that leads a little bit to our our next topic for the next episode uh for next week which is you know owning your city or getting out of your city you know what should you be focusing on there Mm -hmm. should it be kind of taking over that city and dominating and becoming the voice, is it hard to do that when you're from a city that already has rappers? That's next week, but you know, acknowledging that I think is a big part of it is that what do you focus on? Well, where are you at in your city? Who are you competing with? You know, what chance do you have? Why are you at that show and not opening on that show rather than just going through and throwing stickers all over the place? And um, that seems like a, like a, you know, a shift right there in all of mm-hmm. it. And he down from when he's like, yeah, he, the dudes that would kind of like, you know, when he was opening up for people, the dudes that were at the door letting people in are now the dudes that are working with Kanye, you know, pay attention to those people on your way up. Oh, that's the whole thing. I mean, you look back, you know, I've been around for a minute and you look back and you can't believe that person became, I mean, no disrespect, Riggs is great, but I remember when Riggs was working at Shady, Mm -hmm. you know, now he's, uh, you know, the big badass over at Atlantic. So you don't really realize who around you is going to work the way up the ladder while you do even if you're working up the ladder as a performer that dj that you stepped on might be the next hottest dj from your local radio or might end up with some weird label deal or label position and all of a sudden you're crossing paths with them and you already stepped on them a few years earlier you know right so just like you know even though they might not be the biggest name now if you see them and you you know you constantly see them in your face you know they might be worth building a relationship with. And that's something we got from uh, the Joey Badass interview 
interview, Joey said, you know, yep. I came in early in the industry. I came into the industry early. I don't even know if we ran this clip yet, but I came into the industry early and I didn't really pay attention to the relationships. I, you know, I talked to the cool people mm -hmm. and then I didn't pay attention to how important it was everyone I was meeting. So now I have to go and reestablish these relationships because I didn't pay attention to these people early because they weren't cool enough, yet they were very important and essential. And you don't really know who that next big person is going to be, that next uh, big tastemaker is going to be, that big personality. So it's making those relationships, establishing and keeping them and understanding that it's not always who you think is going to be more valuable. That person sitting next to that person might be the next exec, you know? Mm -hmm. Just like with you, you know, starting out as a new artist is, is a growing process. So, you know what I mean? Just as you're growing, they're growing too. Right, that they're that growing, exactly, that they're growing on the other side, yeah. All right, so that is what to focus on. You know, easier said than done because no matter what, you have to figure out what's right for you based on the city you're in, what you're doing already, what you beef up. And, and as Vic said, don't spend too much money. You know, so then how do you promote yourself? How do you focus? What do you focus on? And how do you balance out the budget? You know, that's based on what you see you're getting the most out of. If you're printing up a whole bunch of stickers and putting stickers everywhere and not feeling any sort of difference, stop printing the stickers. Yes. <laughs> you know, or something. Or if you're printing up a whole bunch of T-shirts and nobody's wearing your T-shirts and they're throwing them away, you know, or using them for whatever, just the gym for nothing, maybe you don't need the T-shirts. And maybe you do because maybe the person at the gym might be the right person. But you got to kind of pick what you're getting feedback from or what you're kind of getting the most out of, I think. Mm-hmm. All right, so next week, what's our next, what's Miranda, what we got next? We've got... Our next topic is owning and getting out of your city. Right, right, exactly, which is what, I keep forgetting our topic sometimes because we have so many, which is what uh, <laughs> uh, Vic talked about, right? Yes. Exactly. So next week, tune in. We're going to be talking to uh, Zach Quillen, manager of Macklemore and Ryan Lewis. Riggs Morales is the vice president of A&R at Atlantic Records and Kid Inc. from the West Coast, who was... Uh, Got a lot of uh, fans out there and, and all across the board at this point and, and a successful freshman, which we're excited about. And they're going to be telling us a little bit about owning and getting out of their city. Um, thank you guys for tuning in to, to episode two. We really appreciate you guys. Appreciate all those that came back. And um, we even appreciate the new listeners. All right. That's it. <laughs>